0: This is Paul Nobles from Eat Reform, and I am here with Meredith today. Meredith, do you want to say hello to everyone?
1: Hi, everybody.
0: So, uh, not a lot of housekeeping to do this week. Um, we still do have, uh, well, actually, there's probably somewhat big news, but uh, we're really moving to more of an invite-only system, just because we want to kind of keep, you know, the quality of service up high, and uh, you know, there's a limited amount of coaches within Eat to Perform. And so um, it's not that hard to get an invite. Some days spots are open, some days they're not. Um, But if you just go to the main page, you can actually talk to a coach. That's the other thing too, right? Like Meredith and I are actually two of the people that will be talking to you. Um, Because what we're finding is that the people that talk to us in the beginning and kind of have a general understanding of what's going to be happening to them, you know, start off better, right, and have a better understanding of how things are going. So we're actually really excited about it. I know it seems like a unnecessary step for some people who are like, you yeah, know, give me, you know, yeah, take my money. Um, but really, these these interviews um, really only take like 15 minutes at the most. Um, and, uh, you know, I know that there's a lot of people that listen to the podcast that have friends and family. It's very easy to get the friends and family to be able to talk to us, you know, um, you know, there's, you can send a message to us through Facebook. Um, there is actually an appointment system that, uh, Facebook is introduced. So I'm playing with that a little bit to see if I can, uh, you know, get some some things scheduled just to make it a little bit more convenient for some people that might have some difficulty just doing it at any given time, right? Yeah. So, um, some cool things happening, I think. Um, and uh, yeah, anything interesting happening in your world,
1: Meredith? I wish I could say yes, but no, not really.
0: <laughs> know, it's right. so it, kind of boring. Of- Time of the year do you, do you get like bombarded by grad parties and things of that nature oh, yeah,
1: that, that was, was all last week and the week before so my son is going to be a senior this coming year so a lot of he had a lot of friends that were seniors this year and you know people that we grew up with the kid you know their kids and stuff so yeah I think I had somewhat of like 12 grad party invites <laughs> yeah. I did not go to them all so
0: yeah your um, your son is the same age as my daughter. Right, yeah. Um, and you have a daughter also, right?
1: I do, yeah. She's um, 11. She's going to be in sixth grade. So she'll be in middle school. That's middle school here. Gotcha. So there's six years between the two of them.
0: I don't think I've ever asked you this question. Like, which one of them is your favorite?
1: <laughs> it depends on the day. Some days it's the dog is my favorite, <laughs> and I'm not afraid to tell them that. It really, you know, I, I I tease them all the time, and it just depends on the moment. You know, having a boy and a girl, um, it, they're different. They're very, very different. Their personalities are very different. And well, you like
0: one more than the other. Which one?
1: No, it depends on the day. <laughs> You're not going to get me to say one way or the other. I <laughs> have Patrick.
0: I'm happy to say the youngest is my favorite she you don't. know uh no no she's not i'm just i just have i just have more guts than you have <laughs> um, probably <laughs> I, I'm, I'm 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 just joking I you know, know my my oldest is uh is very similar to me mm-hmm. uh, and so uh I have great affection for both my children. Um, but if I had a gun to my head, I'm telling you, the youngest is the one. Um, <laughs> my kids listen to this. Your kids might actually listen to yours. So maybe that, I don't yeah, know. I've always I, always, I do this in social settings and stuff like that. It's just, Hey, you have two kids, right? You know, which one's <laughs> your favorite? You know? Right.
1: So I'm from a family. I don't know if I've ever told you this. I'm from a family of eight. So I have yeah. seven siblings. I have Five sisters and two brothers, and um, we always my parents will tell you over and over that there's no favorite, but there's a favorite, and we all know everybody knows that the youngest, my brother, my baby brother, is the favorite. And it is, I mean, and if my mom were to listen to this, she would be like, No, that's not true, I don't have favorites. She'll like fight that to the death, but meanwhile, everybody, the everybody's driving a
0: Ferrari, yeah.
1: You know, everybody in the family even the you know spouses and stuff that marry in they all know that my baby brother is the favorite so
0: it is amazing how when you have kids they're so different Mm -hmm. you know my my youngest is so different from my oldest and you know my my wife and I often joke that I wish we had them in reverse right because the things that we learned from the first one um, were just made so much easier by by the second one the only the only big regret that i have with my first daughter actually my first daughter is doing really great she moved out I'm really uh, telling you. It, i think it was like 5 months ago at this time and she's actually uh, looking for another apartment just cuz i mean i don't know if you remember that time of your life when you were you know, first yep. starting off and had roommates and things like that, but it's a very fluid situation. <laughs> yes. Um, and so she subleased from uh, a friend of hers. <laughs> and then um, I guess that situation got a little flaky. And so they're, you know, her and another one of the roommates is looking for a place right now. They're actually going to stay in a room um, at a bed and breakfast just so they have like a month to uh, or an Airbnb, just so that they have a month to um, kind of get their, you know, poop in a group or whatever. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, but it's interesting, because my oldest daughter is the type of person that needs to run into a brick wall, like 15 times before she realizes, wow, there's a brick wall there. You know, that is so my she, oldest son. She really only learns from, um, experience. And, uh, you know, often we will explain to her, hey, look, you know, this is the way it is, you know, just so you know. And she's like, okay, great. And ignores it. And then just goes and does her own thing and realizes that it's actually, exactly how we said. My youngest is the exact opposite. You know, um, they both have boyfriends. Um, and what's interesting about their boyfriends um is that they both of them really i really like um the my oldest her boyfriend is um he's like a, a dj <laughs> you know oh. so he, he does shows and, and stuff like that which is really cool i'm really into music um he's a, he's definitely a um go-getter type kid yeah. you know which, uh, which I really have a lot of respect for. Um, my youngest had never really dated anyone seriously until recently. Um, and, and she really wasn't planning on dating on any, anyone, you know, even at that time. Yeah. But, uh, you know, this one little boy was, was very persistent. Hmm. Uh, it's so funny because, uh, There's a lot of similarities between both of them and me. Um, Like for instance, my main caregiver in my life was my grandmother, and Mm -hmm. so youngest her 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 boyfriend, um, he lives with his grandmother. Um, He's funny, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, and so uh, so both both have uh, have their really good traits. I'm actually really, I think I think for my my oldest um my youngest used to joke that you know she would live with us forever and she moved out like almost immediately um, within 6 months of being 18 yeah um, and even though we had a little bit of regret about it i secretly had a thought process in the back of my head that that's sort of what she needed and yeah. right? she kind of go out on her own and 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 do some of that and, um, so she's been doing that. And then my youngest recently scored, you know, over 30 on her ACT. Right. Um, so that gives her a lot of options related to colleges. And so we'll be doing some college visits real soon here. We're actually a little late. You know, have you done any college visits with your son yet?
1: No. So Parker, he, for the longest time, he wanted to be a blasting engineer. He wanted to do, um that and then honestly the calculus kicked his rear this year yeah and he really really struggled with that and he just he's all I mean I always was concerned that a traditional college route would not be the best option for him just know his personality and everything and um he but you know I never I never said anything if that's what he wanted to do if he wanted to go to engineering school that would be that would be great but he um he's kind of come around on his own and, um, he's actually looking at a co- he's actually looking at the military. So he's looking at the Navy, um, cause the construction battalion in the Navy, um, would be a great fit for him. We feel like, you know, in that, um, so he's doing, he's, so we have not done college visits cause I don't know that he's going to go to a traditional college. You know, if he does, he might do like a trade school or something along those lines. You know, um, he's even looked at maybe like if he does college it'd probably be more along a construction management type degree you know and then we have a friend who does um excavating and stuff and does the demolition stuff that parker's interested in so a lot
0: i know it's not too far from you because you know for those that don't know meredith lives in kansas city um but i know iowa state is a big engineering school you know yeah
1: and we've got a couple really good engineering schools right here you know in in missouri but interesting uh, you
0: know my daughter's really into math you know, she mm-hmm. scored. Uh, I think she missed two questions this time. It's crazy. Um, yeah, so she's really, really pretty good at math. Um, she missed two questions, um, but she's taking no math this year. Um, so, it, it, you know, math is kind of one of those things where you can get a little rusty. So, anyway, everybody's all caught up on Paul and yep. Meredith. Um yeah. big plans for this summer, we were actually looking at uh, trying to go to a concert. There was uh, one of my clients went to um, see New Order, which is one of my like favorite bands from when mm-hmm. I was, um, but I never got to see them live. Um, yeah. um, I never really saw any bands live, you know, uh, until I got older. Yeah. Go see Depeche Mode, which was one of my my favorites when I was young, um, and and it was actually you know for um, what it was you know I was happy to do it. You know? Oh cool, yeah, okay. It, it is sort of like watching you know everyone's old, you know, <laughs> um, and then like the songs that I wanted them to play weren't songs that they were playing. So anyway, so New Order client. You know, said, uh, "Hey, I went to the New Order concert. It was great. You know, just reminded me of when I was 18." And so I looked to see, "Wow, you know, were they? Are they going to be playing here in Minneapolis?" And they had played a month before. And I, oh. hadn't even I mean, there would have been no amount of money that I would not have paid to be able to go to this. You yeah. Know? Um, it is. It's so funny though because the Pesh Mode still sort of looks like the Pesh Mode.
1: Right, yeah, no about
0: about looks like, you know, a bunch of people that look like me. You know? Yeah, <laughs> uh, which, uh, which is sort of interesting. Um, it's funny because when I was in high school, I didn't, uh, you know, I, I you know, kind of fell in with, you know, that click, which was what like new wave music or whatever people called it. My moving to Minnesota, you know, I was exposed to a lot more music. There's a big music scene here. Started going to live shows, things of this nature. Anyway, long story short, they're playing in Dublin, so we were trying to go to Dublin. Oh. Just for, yeah, just for the weekend. The tickets are insane. They're like sixteen hundred bucks. You know, but not not for the concert, for the plane. Right, the plane ticket. hmm You know, so I was, I was, you know, I was actually, you know, if it would have been like six hundred dollars, we would have gone to Dublin. You know. Had a great time, you know. Um Amsterdam's relatively cheap, but we've been to Amsterdam, you know, yeah. multiple times. I actually used to go to Amsterdam once a year for about five years straight. You know, oh, so really? yeah. So I've been to Amsterdam, my family's been to Amsterdam. So I don't know. Might look might keep looking, but um my plan is to just do something this summer. You know, yeah. I'm just tired of every summer coming and going and then You know, I didn't really do anything too eventful other than, obviously, last year when we did Eat to Perform summer camp. Yeah. Uh, All right. So I had an interesting conversation today with a client related to sleep. And I really had a whole lot of discussions related to sleep recently, at least on the podcast. And so I thought it might be interesting if we kind of renewed that topic. Yeah, we I always think it's interesting, related to fat loss, um, how much sleep plays a role, right? And you know, I'm gonna run through kind of some basic ideas real quick, and then you know, I'll uh, I'll talk to Meredith, get her impression on it one way or the other, and then you know, we'll just kind of come up with some basic habits that I think. I've learned over the year I used to think that I was an insomniac for a long time um, and I'm not trying to diminish um, the struggle that I went through at that time but I did have a lot of bad habits I did yeah. I, I ignored a lot of things that uh, frankly I no longer ignore and then magically you know I sleep eight hours most days now right yeah um, so a couple things that really kind of came up, so I'm talking to this lady, you know, and once again this is this is this is one of the coolest things that you know if you're not a need form client, I mean even if you just want to like kind of get an assessment of your situation we're willing to listen because i I'm talking to this lady and she's explaining to me how she's overtrained and you know long story short um but she's probably going to listen to this, I would suspect. Um, And I actually don't think that overtraining is as big of an issue as people think it is. Right. Yeah.
1: I would agree with that. So it's, we've had this discussion. It's actually, it's actually really hard to overtrain. Yeah, Like it really is like people don't like, you know, it's good to take as long as, you know, most people take at least one day a week off most of the time. Do you know what I mean? But it actually to overtrain I mean, it. There are a lot of things that have to happen for your body to actually be overtrained. It's more, yeah. It's, it's. I think it's not as much of a problem as people think it is because they don't realize for your body to be overtrained, we're talking. I mean, you look at these gymnasts. This is a good example. So I use, we use the gymnasts. We talk about gymnasts a lot in our because um, my, the owner of my gym, he coaches gymnastics. So um, you talk about these gymnasts who train for, you know five six hours a day, you know, and they're not overtrained. Yeah. You know, so it takes it takes a lot to be overtrained. So
0: anyway. So you know through this experience, um, you know, I've worked with Olympians. Um mm-hmm. have, one of one of the gals I worked with is is one of the um one of the big up and coming stars related to um you know, the um, weightlifting, you know, mm-hmm. USA lifting. And he trained, like you said, most days. Um, didn't have trouble overtraining because she slept 11 hours a day. She slept 11 hours a day every single day. Right. Yeah. And so that's the first thing that we really need to talk about when we're talking about overtraining because, right. you know, when I started using the Whoop, um, which is a device that you use for heart rate variability, I was training six days a week, similar to what mm-hmm. Meredith was talking about. And it quickly taught me that I would be better off doing four days a week. Yes. And so that's what I went with. Now, admittedly, um, in that time, you know, four days has become three days you know, sometimes, and so I've allowed myself to listen to it a little much, whereas I should probably push through, because there's some readings, if you're familiar with HRV, there's some readings where you could still get away with something, right, it's just a Mm -hmm. matter of, you know, what it is, Um, but what you really find with HRV is that uh, it comes down to sleep, right, and making sleep a priority in your life, And there's some interesting things about sleep because some of the things I'm going to talk about are well-founded within science. And there's some of the things that I think could be, but I just don't have, you know, the exact scientific ideas that we're talking about. But here's what I think happens for the majority of people. And here's what is happening, I think, for this lady. So when we talk about sleep, we're really talking about balance, right? And so we talk about this a lot. Where homeostasis, sleep homeostasis, is kind of a big deal, right? So you ever notice, like, with meal homeostasis, you know, you yeah. get sort of the same time each day. Your body starts to expect it, and you start to see it with like your pets. You know, yeah. your pet knows when they eat. It's time to eat. Yep. And, and for some reason, as human beings, we try to ignore those signals. But at the end of the day, you know, it's that balance that really makes a difference. Sleep is one of these things that if you're overtrained, as an example, and, you know, once again, nothing against low carb, right? There's times <laughs> where within the Eat to Perform program, you're going to be low carb. That's what our low days are, right? But... When you're looking at hormone function, things of that nature, low carb can actually work against your goal. And part of the reason why it works against your goals is because it's going to keep insulin low, which, you know, there's a lot of things out there. I mean, we could literally go into hours oh, talking just about that. But right. everybody's trying to keep insulin low. Well, guess what is an antagonist to cortisol? Is insulin, right? right. And so, having some level of carbohydrates, especially for people that are working out, if if you look at, you know, a lot of people will talk about, oh, (sighs) carbohydrates are not necessarily because your body can actually make glucose. While true, um, it's not an easy process, right? right? And it takes time. And so, if you have readily available glucose, especially around your workouts, it's probably smart to use it. Right. Um, and then your brain relies off of glucose up to hundred grams a day. Right. Um, and so uh, am, I, am I right there? The, I'm, I'm just trying to think if, if I have, um, yeah, it's hundred grams. Um, yeah. and so, so for instance, if, if your body is having to make that much glucose, you know, and you're not, Replacing some level of glucose, then we have, you know, a problem. Now, of course, you know every person's a little different. Hundred would be about what you know would be, but you know, for a smaller person, it might be eighty. For you know, a larger person, it might be one forty. Um, but your brain and muscles rely on glucose for energy. That's really important when we're talking about stress. Because if we're talking about overtraining, if we're talking about sleep, you really kind of want stress to be kind of in check. And I think one of the things that people don't think about when they talk about dieting and fat loss is if you've done every diet under the sun and you've been dieting since you were eight years old and you only sleep five hours a day, one of the first things I'd like you to try is just to eat normal for a week and see if it makes a big difference for you. Um, But going back to the homeostasis idea, what I think happens is that because she was talking to me and she said that she she can get to sleep easily, which I can relate to quite a bit. Right. Um, If you're overtired and you're kind of counting the minutes to 9 p.m. or 930 whenever you you go to bed, but every day you're waking up at 2 to 3 p.m., or 3 a.m., hey. what's happening is, is that you're sleeping so deeply mm-hmm. that your body is waking up ahead of time, right? So when you look at the balance of what your body is looking to do, this happens with sleep aids a lot, right? So you start taking melatonin, mm-hmm. because you're sleeping, and instead of being awake, now you're able to get to sleep, but now you wake up early. Right. right. So instead of instead of sleeping, so in a way, and, and and in a lot of ways, you know, these Fitbits and stuff like this that talk about quality of sleep, they're almost not helping because right. you tend to focus on that thing a little bit too much and not quantity. I mean, right. So much is solved by quantity. It's just amazing. Mm-hmm. And the book Why We Sleep by Matthew Walker, which, which we both read, yeah. He talks about this a bit. Is that a lot of times if you're sleeping five to six hours a day and you feel refreshed, that might be fine because you've addressed certain elements of that, but you might not have addressed the brain repair element, right? And what he talked about in the book, which is a really fascinating book, I will say this. Be careful listening to the book, because he goes into the negative a lot, right? <laughs> and it's almost as if he's trying to scare you into doing this this more correct thing um which I believe you should be scared, but i I would not teach people that way. Right. Um, I think that if when he does his next book, it'll be a little less fire and brimstone, right. So, how do you fix it? Well, what wakes you up is cortisol. I think most people realize that. Mm-hmm. Um, and most people realize that there's a cortisol element to um, to uh, coffee and caffeine. And, and, you know, in the book, he talks about that being one of the biggest um, you know experiments that that has gone on unregulated right and so your brain has these adenosine receptors right and so mm-hmm. adenosine receptors basically so I this is not the scientific um
1: Terminology.
0: Of yeah. adenosine receptors there's probably <laughs> a lot more people that know a lot better about this but the way that it's explained is that when you put caffeine it interrupts that sleep pressure by bonding to these receptors. And what you want is the receptors to allow for better sleep pressure. Right. right. And so when I drink coffee, I stop drinking coffee by 9 a.m. in the morning because that allows me to nap. Right. right. And. um So if you're overly reliant on caffeine and you're one of these people that says, you know, caffeine doesn't matter to me, but you wake up at two AM every single morning and then you're drinking coffee by three thirty AM every morning, I would argue that caffeine matters to you strongly. You know? Um, and you know, I've been through this myself. I know it's difficult, it's a process that you have to sort of figure out for yourself, but that sleep pressure is a big deal, right? so if we talked about sleep pressure, when you look at melatonin what what does melatonin do? It basically simulates darkness in your brain, yeah. right and so that is what allows you to sort of get to sleep um, and then, if you have kind of this additional sleep pressure, it's going to make you wake up faster, and so in a way, you want to. Be able to sleep longer. You want to be rested. You don't want to be just this knocked down. You know, um, the middle is 9 a.m. or 9 p.m. You just hit the pillow and you go to sleep. You kind of want to when you have longer sleep. This was what was sort of an interesting thing about naps. Right. Okay. And once I started napping, just for like 15 to 20 minutes a day, yeah. it extended that for me. Right. Yeah. And so it allowed me to not get to this really deep sleep. Right. I would hit deep sleep multiple times through the night, but I would get that longer sleep. And what Matthew yeah. talked about in the book is that if you think to yourself, well, six hours of sleep is 75 to 80 percent, it's really not because most of the brain repair, you know, and there's a lot of connection related to a lot of what we're talking about here and depression and and things of this nature. And then when, when we talk about eating less food, there's a connection there also, right? So this is one of the strong arguments why we talk about dieting cycles actually being for a defined period of time Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and allowing your body to kind of come back to normal allowing sleep to come back to normal because when you think about stress and exercise and things of this nature these all play a role here right and you really want your brain to recover so because there's all these people that sleep Five hours a day, six hours a day, and then they're doing meditation. You know what's really good meditation? Sleep. sleep. <laughs> you know? And so, so these are all things that that I really want you to consider as we're talking about sleep and moving the decaf for a little bit um, is one way. Like for instance, if if you're used to drinking coffee throughout the day you know, moving a decaf after 9 a.m. isn't that big of a problem, right? Uh, Or at least if you can figure out some things. Um, The other thing that I think helps a lot and can extend sleep cycles is to have some measure of carbohydrates before you go to bed. Now, this is favorable for a number of reasons, but it's also kind of controversial, So what you want are the foods that release serotonin that allow sleep, right? Right. Allow you to get to that relaxed state. And so, you know, for a long time there, before bed, I would have a bowl of rice checks with cinnamon flavored protein. And um, that was really helpful for my sleep and sort of extending my sleep and kind of getting to that balanced state. These mm-hmm. days, I don't do that because my body has gotten used to kind of that eight-hour thing. Now, I will tell you this. Um, it's not perfect. Some days, I still do wake up at 3.30. Um, usually, that's when I have a lot on my mind or, or something of this nature. And so, um, I don't tend to go working out, right? Um, and and this is I explained it to this lady this morning was she was kind of burning the candle at both ends and then she was running mostly a low carb diet with decent calories but nothing great right and so essentially when you look at overtraining what i'd like you to do is look at it like you were sick so if you ever noticed if you have a, a mate someone you know, in your house, like children, you know, does it ever strike you that your kids are always sick and you're not? And then you go, how come they always have a cold and a cough and I don't? And then you go, well, you know, a lot of times they stay up later than they need to be. They're exposed to more people and I get more rest and I exercise more. You know, so the life of a teenager, you know, is burning the candle at both ends. I think what happens for a lot of people, especially when you're new to fitness, is you're all in, right? And you're reading all the T-shirts at your gym and everybody's hard to kill and, you know, (laughs) beast mode switches on. I don't think that's helping, you know, for a lot of people because especially when you look at where you want to be long term, Mm -hmm. where you want to be when you're 70, 80 years old. Do you really want to be that person eating low carb, 1,100 calories, working out two times a day at 80 years old? You know, um, I think that you want to have a little bit more balance in your life. And so when I talked to her a little bit about this, I said, so let's say that you were because I was trying to use like an extreme example. Let's say that you were eating 2,000 calories, right? And you were relying mostly on fat. You did not have glucose for readily accessible fuel and you're burning four thousand calories a day between walking and those two a days and, and things of this nature because you're trying to you know get rid of fat. Right. Well the problem that you run into is that it's like being sick. You know if you look at your immune system, your immune system is going to be much better If your body's able to repair itself, if your body's not able to repair itself, then you're going to be more susceptible to illness. That's what I think people think overtraining is, right? I I I think that they're just burning the candle at both ends. They're not aware of heart rate variability. They're probably going to the gym, you know, with, with 71 resting heart rates and, and things of this nature. And if you're, you know, any runner out there, most of them check their pulse in the morning. Many of them are much more aligned with HRV these days. But it really does come down to sleep, right? And I think that mm-hmm. when you get, you know, I'm probably due for another fat loss cycle. I probably admit that on podcasts a few times Mm -hmm. Um, but right now my sleep is much more important than any of that and you know I just want to stay kind of you know eyes on the prize with with that type of thing and you know I think I think one of the things that that people would admit or or maybe are reticent to admit is that when you're eating a normal amount of food and getting a normal amount of sleep all of a sudden like the way that you view yourself changes a great deal, mm-hmm. right? And so things that seemed overwhelmingly important actually become slightly less important. So I'm going to let Meredith uh, kind of expound upon some of those ideas. Yeah. And then, you know, honestly, I always say I want to keep it short. I mean, we're already at, at 40, 40 minutes. minutes. But uh, I feel like we we pretty much covered this one. You know, yeah. I, I think that, you know, we could talk a little bit about some strategies, but, you know, we've covered yeah. most of the discussion.
1: Yeah. So we I mean, we've talked about this. And if you've ever listened, if anyone listening is listening to past ones, you know, you'll have heard us. So some of this may be, you know, old information, maybe new information. But Paul talked about napping and he was not I remember our one of our first conversations about sleep. I told him I nap almost every day. And you're like, oh, I don't need naps. I remember you go, I don't need naps. I don't do that. And then I remember as you learned about napping, it was really kind of fun to see you change your mind on that. But I'm of even on days that I work as a hygienist, I would I have a blanket, a pillow in my car and I go to a park and I park under a tree and I'll lay down for 20 minutes and I'll just catch a 20 minute nap. So I'm a big proponent of napping. But my lifestyle, my life. Um my job, everything, they promote napping, you know, I mean, they support napping, I should say, um, so, big proponent of naps, but, um, I just, I am not as good, and I, I've said this more than once, that sleep is always an issue for me, it has always been something that I struggle with, as far as, um, making it a priority, because there are all these other things that I let get in the way, and, you were talking about, you know, your immune system and being, and yeah, my kids definitely, um, my son, my teenager has really, really struggled with sleep. And we, um, I actually had him into that. We talked a couple, maybe our last podcast that you and I did, we talked about mental health and I shared a little bit that he was struggling and was in some counseling and stuff. And after talking to our medical doctor, it really for him boiled down to sleep and his adrenal glands are fried because he wasn't sleeping and his, um, you know he had he has always struggled a little bit with some ADD and um he didn't feel like the medication was working anymore and a lot of it was because he was not sleeping and it the, it doesn't allow those those things to work in your body if you're not getting an you know, adequate amount of sleep and so we have really done things to promote his sleep which is really sad that i'm making sure my son is getting enough sleep but i'm not doing that for myself as well as i should be but it's amazing the difference it's made. And it just in a within a week the the difference that he noticed that it made, um just in how he felt and his energy levels, just how he felt about, you know, his attitude and his, you know, not being you know, having that anxiety because he was really having he was really, really struggling with some anxiety. So um that to me, you know, it's just one more thing that just tells me how important. Sleep is for everybody, and the, we need to pay more attention to it. And Does, does
0: that, he, does he um, regulate his, when does he take his ADD meds? In know? the morning. In the morning. Okay. Same,
1: in so, the morning, same time every day.
0: So I don't know if most people know this. Uh, I would assume most people do that take it, but those are stimulants. Yes. Right? And so when you look at, um, ADD meds, you do, it can interrupt your sleep, uh, right. especially if you take them at the wrong time of the day. So,
1: and he takes sleep, them.
0: of course, makes a lot Oof. more sense. And I, I suspect yes. that is the recommendation, but I think mm-hmm. what happens, you know, a lot of those meds do get abused. Um, and I can think of, you know, situations personal to me mm-hmm. where, they they do get abused. Uh the other thing that we talked about with napping, and I think that you probably agree with me on this. Um when I lay down for a nap, I don't have this huge expectation to take a nap, right? I'm really just trying to rest my brain. Yeah. Um so one of the things that and this is actually interesting too because I don't know if you've done this. Um the other night I took a shower. I don't typically take a shower, or a bath before bed, Mm -hmm. but I did on this night. Mm -hmm. Now what Matthew Walker talked about is that your body actually needs to cool down to get to sleep. Yep. So I often, you know, for, for a while there we were actually keeping the temperature in my house, um, under 65 degrees. Um, but we do a fan, you know, we have Mm -hmm. a, we use for that and, uh, but the other night, you know, I ended up taking a hot shower before bed and I woke up at 3.30 and I I really do think it was because I slept deeper because of that shower before bed. And, and that's been part of my nap routine almost since I did it, right, was um, I, I will take a hot bath. Um, you know, people have seen on the Eat pages, my pictures of Epsom salts and things of this nature. Um, but I'll take a hot bath. I'll then, you know, lay down in bed, room dark, room cool, um, and really no expectation. Like I said, I view it almost like meditation. Just try to keep, yep. you know, thoughts out of my head. That's what the podcast is helpful for me. You know, uh, I'm probably a lot like your son you know, um, probably have some undiagnosed ADD and <laughs> that nature. Um, and, uh, you know, at the end of the day, you know, I need a distraction to help me get to sleep. Yeah. You know, now I will say this, you know, I do put the podcast on a timer. I yeah. will not I will not uh, nap if if um, the podcast is on the whole time. I need, I need my brain to be distracted and then I need that to go off and then the nap
1: happens. And that's what we did with his phone. You know, I put a screen time setting on his phone and that's part of it. He liked to have his phone and it was a whole ordeal. I mean, this is a parenting, whatever you learn, I take his phone away from him. I wouldn't let him have it in his room at night. He had to charge it in my room or downstairs or whatever. And we did that for years and. Honestly, he was sneaking to get it after I'd go to bed. He'd go get it, you know, blah, you know, kids.
0: You're, and, you're my oldest. My oldest is yeah. the exact same
1: thing. Our kids are actually very similar. So anyway, um, but finally I realized it wasn't worth the fight and he, it was good for him to have it cause that's what it did. It kind of helped him go to sleep. But as soon as I set the screen time on it where it just shut off, like he has no access to any of his apps or anything after, you know, I think we do 10 o'clock or nine 30 or whatever on school nights when he, when, so he'll have that time to go to sleep it's actually, it made a big difference, so it's kind of the same thing, he needed that distraction to help him get to where he could fall asleep, and then he would, and he, sometimes it was music, sometimes it was whatever he was listening, you know, doing, but um, it's just, it just reinforces how important sleep is, and not just, you know, if it's important for teenagers, it's important for us as adults, too, you know, I mean, we need it just as much as they do, and you talk about the body healing and, um, immune, you know, immunity and, you know, immune system and stuff. And we, um, I, I don't like to go over and over and over it again, but we talked about it before. I've had rabdo twice and both times they've, they've done some other tests and studies. And I had some of that done today where they try trying to just make sure that there wasn't something else going on and everything has come back normal. I am healthy. You know, it's not that I'm predisposed to this at all. But, um, both times that I got it, I can tell you, I'm tell you why I got it this last time. I know it's stupid and it just, you know, it's one of these things, you know, you shouldn't have done, but I went in and worked out hard on two hours of sleep. Yeah. I was under a lot of stress. I'd only slept for two hours. Um, and my body was just so run down and so worn down that it could not recover from the stress that I put it under. And I firmly believe, no doctor will actually confirm that that's why I got rabdo, but I 100% know that that's why I've got rabdo because I've repeated those workouts, rested and healthy and not had any issues at all. They've even done my lab work right after and they come back just fine,
0: so. Well, the part that I think goes unfocused, I actually wrote an article you know, many years ago that I posted yesterday again, Where I made the argument for muscle um, actually being a much bigger contributor to obesity than most people think, because, you know, if you're always on a diet, if you're not, you know, trying to hold on to muscle, you are going to lose muscle and a significant amount of muscle over your lifetime. And so you really have to work hard to keep that. Right. Well, the easiest way to do that is to get 88 hours of sleep. You know, and so if you're sleeping four to five hours a day and you're wondering why, man, I've lost 15 pounds, but I kind of look the same. It's like, yeah, because you're blowing through muscle, you know, and so you you have to be conscious. You know, you can't be, you know, burn the candle at both ends. Now, it's not healthy. You're. At times. You know, I I think Susie is a great example. You know, she, when we do the podcast, we'll talk about this, but, you know, she will tell you that her sleep gets interrupted. She does a fat loss cycle each September um, and her sleep will get interrupted. And then, you know, it takes a bit to kind of get that back in order. I, I think what happens for a lot of people is they think to themselves, I need to lose 50 pounds. And it's like, you don't need to lose 50 pounds. You need to lose 50 pounds of fat. And realistically, you don't even need to lose that, right? Right. Um, because if you can hold on to muscle, things are going to look different in a major way. Um, right. And just better off if you bite things off in chunks. And we're starting to see that message come, come through to people. Yeah. I mean, you know, once again, in the conversations that Meredith and I have with you guys, You know, in that, you know, there's a lot of people that still do come in and go, I'm hoping to lose three pounds a week. And like, you're going to blow through a ton of muscle if you do that. You really want to take it a little bit slower and, and work through some phases. I mean, let's be real. For some of us, you know, I know as an example, when I was obese, you know, I was struggling with apnea issues, you know, and then now, of course, with my weight being reasonable, muscle being reasonable. I mean, if you want to look at a miracle, you know, I, I think I'm trying to remember what the exact numbers were, but I know it it adds up to 35 to 40 pounds of muscle that I've gained since I started kind of the process that ultimately wow. became.
1: That's a lot.
0: It is a lot, but it also sort of points to how. Much, I just really was not in tune, right, to my yeah. body. It was, a, it was just, I, I let all these other things be a priority in my life, other than, you know, the, um, you know, muscle repair, backing yeah. up, fat loss, diet, you know, things of that nature. I think one of the things that, that you know, because, you know, we won't demonize any food group you know, people will look at me and don't realize I don't eat fast food, you know, I used to, of course, you know, I don't eat, You know, my rule is if I'm going to eat it and it's outside of the boundaries of what I normally would eat, it's got to be a home run, right? It's got to be really good, yeah. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not eating Papa Murphy's or Papa John's or whatever. And and I, look, if, if Papa John's is something that you and your family do, and it's something that you've been looking forward to all week long, do you, right? <laughs> I'm just saying for me as a 50-year-old man with money, you know, yeah. that I'm going to go to get a, one of the best <laughs> people in Minnesota. And, and every Friday night, that's exactly what I do, you know? Yeah. And so... You know, having that built in flexibility, but you don't see me get bored and go through the the, um, the drive through at McDonald's. It doesn't mean that I wouldn't eat McDonald's. It just means I haven't. <laughs> you yeah. know, like like if 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 I was in a small town and the only thing to eat was McDonald's, I'd eat McDonald's. Right. right. But, you know, to me, um, what I think happens for a lot of people and, and we really, you know, we're kind of getting away from sleep, but not really, because I think what happens is is people just find themselves in these ruts just because they're not actively trying to solve that problem. When you look at what we do and how we do it with people, yeah. that's a big piece
1: of why. Of, and, of and sleep would be exactly like that. We get in ruts with sleep, but... And people say, well, I know I need to get more sleep or I know I need to fix it. And I'm guilty of this, too. But I'm not doing anything or uh, during those times, I'm not actively doing anything to fix it.
0: Right. You, know, you I'm
1: letting, I'm letting you myself do my bad habits and I'm letting myself not I'm not doing anything to change. Like we had to actively change my son's sleep patterns and make it, you know, an active effort. And if I'm in a rut and I'm only getting four to five hours of sleep on a good day, you know, then. I'm not actively trying because if you're actively trying to get yourself out of those ruts, there are ways to do it.
0: Yeah. I mean, you yeah. prioritize
1: something. It's important. Yeah. You do
0: what's important. I'm not saying that I will not stay up till 10 o'clock occasionally, but I think this highlights the exact nature of how much of a priority in my life sleep is. Mm-hmm. I go to bed at nine thirty. If I stay up till 10, maybe once every two weeks or something like that. It's a big deal. And my wife knows it and my family knows it. And know, well, at the end of the day, you know, if you lose the conditions of why you can't do stuff, well, let's be real. We all have DVR now. Yeah. Everything's. Different. So you don't have to stay up to watch that thing till 10 o'clock anymore. You know? And so, so I, I feel like, you know, you know, it's basketball season, as an example, right now, mm-hmm. and, so, you know, the game last night went late, um, I just watched it in the morning, I watched the first half, and then I watched the second half in the morning, you know, just had my coffee, there was no difference, right, yep. Yeah, and, exactly. and I just think that a lot of times, people, you know, allow for exceptions, when exceptions aren't needed, um, not gonna talk a lot about it, but I just wanted to kind of follow up because you mentioned it. Um, I did go to my therapy session. Uh, it oh, was, oh yeah, it was pretty quick. Uh, um, I think I might have talked about it with Susie also. Uh, so I'm I'm not gonna go too long with it. Um, but you know, I went into it when I talked to you of like you know I was gonna audition mm-hmm. audition therapists. And, uh, I felt like I was the one being auditioned. Um, Hmm. you know, she was like, you know, I'm not sure why you're here. And, you know, I said, because, you know, just because I'm in a moment of clarity doesn't mean that I shouldn't prepare for moments that are not right. Did, did kind of, You know, I'm pretty sure I talked about it. It might have been with you, might have been with Susie, but um, she did say to me, you know, that my thought process of these monthly check-ins, she's like, yeah, we're not going to do that, you know. Um, She's like, I might be willing to do every two weeks, but usually I do weekly, um, which I'm not opposed to doing weekly. You know, I don't have any problem with that. Um, And I kind of saw her point of view, and, and at the end of the day, you know, we sort of agreed that, You know, mostly what I need is is sort of life coaching and staying on top of habits um, so that in moments where, um, you know, moments of crisis, moments of trauma, moments where things get heavy, you know, you don't have all these little things that are also contributors to, you know, this big problem. And so now all of a sudden you have this monstrous problem, you know, And and... And you haven't done laundry for two months, and (laughs) you haven't haven't had your hair cut in a month and a half. All of these things are things that I have to have in order that I think for regular people, they probably don't need that type of order in their life. You know, I think the more that you have on your plate, the more structured your life needs to be. You know, and it was a little bit of what you talked about with your son, right? Like if that, you know for my daughter and I who are very similar, we have to have structure in our lives so that you know the trains run on time, you know. And then yeah. if that structure's not in place. And so so I was really happy about that. My next sure. one actually next Friday, so or next Thursday, I'm sorry. Um and so kind of excited about that. Uh, it was nice just to kind of, you know, have someone to talk to and uh, oh I would highly encourage, I think, you know, if somebody has a cold, nobody thinks twice about getting that person medicine, um, but but magically, you know, whenever you start talking about kind of peeling back mental health, all of a sudden you're talking about this really super taboo thing that I don't think is taboo, you know,
1: And it's one of those, you touched on it just briefly at the beginning, but um, you you mentioned it, you didn't really touch, but, um, you know, sleep and stuff causes issues with mental health and depression, lack of sleep and those, um, you know, and lack of food. We've talked about that many times in the past, that the constant under eating contributes to depression and back to, you know, back to sleep. That's one of those contributing factors. So if you're really concerned and focused on your mental health, which Shouldn't be taboo, and it should be okay to go talk to a therapist and be able to talk about it and nobody thinks that that's you know that you're you know on the verge of a mental breakdown just because you need you know you want to talk to somebody about your mental health and keep those in check but sleep is one of those things that needs to be looked at you know sleep is one of those things that needs to be like I said that's one of the things we realized with my son that's kind of why I talked about it is that um it it is made the biggest difference. Just making sure he gets his regular amount of sleep yeah. you know, is adequate amount of sleep for him, you know, and teenagers need more. My doctor actually yeah. said teenagers need more sleep almost than newborns. Well, that's why I
0: said, yeah. you know, Jordan, you know, yeah. when she was, when I was working with her, you know, she was 11 hours sleep, you know, yeah. Um, pretty religiously. All right, so we'll end on that note. Um, I am going to kind of keep people updated because I think that there's a lot of people that need to hear that someone that they know is getting help with their mental health, and yep. that it's normal. And, and I think so. so I think I it's think, important. Yeah.
1: And I think too, sometimes you talked about your daughter and her getting help, and I think a lot of times even parents out there, it's hard to. sometimes it's hard to admit that your kid needs help even though you're more likely sometimes to get help for your kid than you are for yourself.
0: Sometimes
1: yeah. it, sometimes I think it can feel like maybe you feel like you're failing or you're not doing something right because your kid is struggling or your kid needs to have, you know, um, someone to talk to or needs, you know, um, you know, has some struggles with mental, whatever, depression, anxiety. And, you know, there's, it's not, you know, that's kind of one of those things that I've had to really look at. I'm like, you know, this isn't, something that I'm doing wrong you know it's not that I'm failing as a parent because my son is struggling and needs some help you know this is but I'm doing the best I can because I'm trying to help you know and I think it's good for parents to hear hear that and know that too
0: yeah and so like kind of wrap up things you know and, and start things where or wrap up where we started yeah you know when you look at my history of insomnia a lot of it was about not having the correct habits in place to fix it. Mental health is very similar where, you know, you have to have self-care in place so that when you have moments that aren't as clear, that you don't have a life of clutter that makes things a lot more difficult, right? Because if you don't have food in the house, if you have a meal prepped, things of this nature, all of a sudden, you know, your dog getting sick, you're in the McDonald's drive through, right? Yeah. And so these are the types of things that I think, you know, a lot of people think, well, that sounds so simple. And it's really not simple. You know, like quit diminishing your need for order in your life because order is important, yeah. right? So it, it, or at the very least I'll end on this note.
1: Yeah, I like it.
0: It's important for me, right? I think it's important for all of you as well, but I'm going to I'm going to point the finger at myself.
1: I think to what degree is different for everybody. You know what I yeah. mean? I think um, that's the difference. But yes, I agree that it's important for all of us.
0: All right. Have a great weekend. It's starting <laughs> to get nice here. I assume it's getting nice where you are.
1: It is. We're supposed to get some more. We've had some crazy weather down this way. A lot of tornadoes. We had an F5 tornado on the ground outside of Kansas City on Wednesday night. No, Tuesday night. It was pretty, pretty scary. Um, No loss of life from what I've heard yet. And in Jeff City, which is the capital, I mean, part of Jeff City is completely just flattened. So we've and then we're supposed to we're expecting some pretty severe storms again this weekend. So it's been a little nuts here. But
0: yeah. Yeah, not not really like that here. Um, it, you know, we just starting to get warm, which is nice. Um, and so, yeah, the, um, you know, just really trying to, to get out more. You know, I think sometimes I get into a little bit of rut with the computer and the online business and things of that nature. And mm-hmm. so last weekend I went to um, a women's softball game here mm-hmm. and which was, was really cool, way cooler than I could have ever even expected. was just a, a great experience and something that yeah. I'll definitely do um, in the future. All right. You have a great weekend, and uh, appreciate everybody listening, and we'll talk to you later.
1: Bye, everybody.